Welcome to Future of Fortunes, where we uncover how digital assets, NFTs, DAOs, and Web3 will forever change the financial landscape. This podcast is all about the future of making money, how tech has changed the game, and how real people can build real financial fortunes by staying in the know. Let's dive in. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, listening to us here on the Future of Fortunes podcast. This is Jay Claver with my partner in crime, Byron Wolf. How are you, Byron? Good, brother. I'm doing real good, man. I'm excited about some of the things that have been popping off in the crypto space and the investments and everything else. Uh, today, we are going to talk about tokenization and uh, the industry that's kind of popping up around this uh, that is in kind of a direct relation to what's been in the news lately. Uh, BlackRock, a arguably $9 trillion in assets, I mean, major player in the game, has come out, said they're going to do an ETF uh, for Bitcoin, which is insane. We've been talking about like all the different investment vehicles that are out there. And so we wanted to kind of take it a little bit back to basic and talk a little bit about tokenization what's involved there, what it means, uh, and then we're going to kind of expand that out into the investment platforms and and how these things are going to be used by companies uh, that are wanting to raise capital for uh, people that are holding on to assets and looking to uh, essentially index against those uh, for raising of funds and, and hopefully expanding operations and what that means for investors that are out there from crowdfunding to institutional uh, investors for uh, sophisticated investors, which is another designation. We've talked about that before and what that means for everybody. So yeah, man, I'm excited. Let's get into it. Yeah. I, I love the topic. It's something that I'm passionate about and actively working on myself. So that's kind of why we ended up here, but uh, just, just to kind of break you down, what it, what is tokenization? Okay. So you can, you can really tokenize anything. And what that is, is a digital representation of that item on the blockchain. So there's a lot of different blockchains and there's a lot of different ways that you could mint uh, different things on chain that would represent value in the physical world or the digital world, whatever that might be. And people know about NFTs. It's a non-fungible token. So that's not exchangeable. There's nothing else that the way I look at it is like currency, right? So if you've got a, a $5 bill, you can exchange five $1 bills for that $5 bill and it's an equivalent value and that is fungible, okay? And then what is non-fungible is something that you can't, there's no like thing that you can exchange for it. Um, what we're going to discuss today are going to be fungible tokens uh, and these primarily would be tokenized securities, right? So what what benefits would tokenizing securities even offer and why would people do that? Um, a lot of different, there's there's three or four main things. The main one's liquidity, right? So it's, it would make that security easily exchangeable for other securities. Um, you could swap them and trade them much easier. Uh, you could also trade them 24-7, 365 yeah. instead of what's going on now with the stock market being closed on weekends, closed on holidays, uh, what people are, are used to, right? But if you've traded crypto, you understand that that market lives and breathes 24-7, 365, um, which is good and bad, right? You don't really have any time off. But um, it provides that. And then 
You also get fractionalization. So, and it's all on a ledger. It's easily manageable. If, if, you, if you're in the funds space at all and you've raised capital, most people want to keep the cap table, you know, pretty low just because it's easy to manage fewer LPs or limited partners than it is a bunch of different people. Um, especially when people make choices they might regret later on, you know, just inevitably somebody's going to want out early in a fund. Yes. And to be able to have a, a secondary market that allows them to get out easily, um, or maybe, you know, you, maybe you want liquidity, you put more money into something and it's, it's raised in value over a year and you want to take some money off the table, right? Right now, if, if you want to do that, you've got to go raise the next series round and then pay the original investors out at the new valuation, right? Um, so it just takes a long time. And sometimes people need liquidity faster than others, and they can be impatient dealing with a deal right now where an LP is um, insisting that we hurry on a transaction and I'm waiting for bank wires to settle, right? So the, the, the normal problems that you have um, when you're dealing in that space. But with the, with the fractionalization, um, let's let's just look at traditional stocks. If you had tokenized traditional stocks, again, you'd have 24-7, 365 trading, which would be great. And then secondary to that, you would never need stock splits ever again. Yeah. And so that, that might be hard for people to conceptualize, but people will split their stock uh, and give the current holders more shares uh, so that it brings the price back down to an affordable amount for the average retail investor on public markets. Yeah. So... Amazon, Google, Apple, they've all had multiple stock splits over the last decade. Um, if if they hadn't had those, their price would be like a Berkshire Hathaway type stock where yeah. it'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars just to buy one share. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's almost impossible for the average person to even purchase one share of, of Berkshire Hathaway at this yeah. point. Which is why they did the Class B. You know, so, or, you know, lot B. So Berkshire, you know, like you said, you know, they never did the split. It got kind of insane. And then they rolled out B, which is, you know, a much lower, but even that has continued to go up in price. And that's gone outside of the range of what people can afford. Uh, you know, so, you know, if, if you're looking to get into investing and you've got, you know, hundred bucks and you're trying to break that up over a number of things, because you don't want to just buy one share of something, uh, you know, that's not going to be possible for those higher end stocks. But like you said, the tokenization or the fractional. So when we talk about fractional on here, we're talking about like the, the like different pieces of things, right? The tokenization is going to be a certain number of tokens. So if you like, let's just say it's a house. So you, you take a house and we're going to tokenize the house. And so there's a hundred tokens, there's a hundred shares of that house. Well, like in, and like you just said, Jake, in, in stocks, you got a hundred uh, shares of that stock as that home goes up in value, right? One share is worth this number of dollars. That's it, right? So that can go out of reach. But with the tokenization, you can get a part of a token, or you can do a whole bunch of tokens. So you know everybody's seen this. You can buy a point zero zero three, or you know a point zero 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 three uh, of like a Bitcoin, right? And and that's that fractional piece of it. Or you can have a number of Bitcoins. There's some you know coins that are out there. You can have 200, 300,000 uh, of these coins, but that may be worth a hundred bucks, you know, like, but you got hundreds of thousands of them, right? And so this allows like a, a much broader scale of investment. Like you said, you know, it can be 
uh, the, the lower end investor, somebody that's just trying to put a couple of dollars into something, they can buy that specific share uh, of that, that fractional ownership or that certain number of tokens or that certain percentage uh, or decimal of a token. Um, so it definitely gives a much broader reach for that with the tokenization. And so a lot of the issues, uh, and I'm just re basically repeating what you're saying, but uh, a lot of the issues that we've seen in the stock market are going to be solved by this tokenization because it's going to allow people to buy based on what they want to invest, not be dictated by the price of the stock. If the stock is $60, I got $100 to invest. Well, maybe I want to put a whole $100 into it, right? But now I can't because one share is 60 and I don't have the extra 20 to buy two shares. Well, with tokenization, I can buy that one point whatever, you know, do the math, you know, uh, uh, tokens, right? I don't have to buy one token and then wait to save up the extra 20 bucks when the price could fluctuate during that time period. I can just put $100 in and then I'm going to get the one point whatever uh, of of that, that crypto, that token, right? And so it definitely opens up a, a broader reach for a number of people to invest in these areas. Um, you know, one of the big things, and I want to touch on this because you said it, and I'd love to get your opinion. So people are impatient and we can't dictate when they're going to want to get their money out, right? Like, you know, I might put a hundred bucks in this and I might want to be out five minutes later. Like, you know, we everybody's seen the ads. These guys are day traders. They get on, they're like, I made my whole day's done in 30 minutes. You know, I get on, the market opens, 30 minutes later, I'm out, I'm done. I take the rest of the day off. Okay, I'm glad you can do that. I don't know how realistic that is, uh, but maybe it is. Uh, but that's not the reality. Like, you know, people, sometimes they want to hold for a long time. Sometimes they want to hold for a short time. Just you can't dictate these things, really. But having this, having a, a tokenization where it's kind of out there, people can trade, like you said, 24-7. Hopefully you're not in the club at 2.30 a.m., you know, trading your Bitcoin or your Ethereum and you're half lit. But, you know, I mean, if you want to, you can, right? That You can do that. Uh, you can also transfer that immediately. Like you said something a second ago, I'm waiting on wires to hit. All right. Well, we know that that's an antiquated BS system. You know, it's it's crap. Like, I'm just going to call it for what it is. We shouldn't be waiting for wires to hit. That should be immediate. If I want to give you money or I want to transfer wealth to you, that should be immediate. And we have that technology now that exists in the crypto space. And we've got to get out of the old school, get into the new school. So kind of wrapping back around to what I was saying, in that in that time frame, this is going to allow us to have that 24-7 trading platform, the almost immediate, according to us and our brains, it's immediate, right? That split second that it takes to transfer. We're going to have all this open. So like, I'm not saying that, that stocks are out the window. I think stocks still exist. We're still going to have those things. But I do think that there's going to be a tokenization of a lot of this stuff. The fact that BlackRock, one of the biggest holders of wealth, one of the biggest investors, one of the biggest platforms is saying, hey, we're going to roll out this ETF uh, that's going to be a Bitcoin base, tells me that the big players are getting into this. So much broader scale statement here. But if you're not in the crypto space or you don't have an understanding of this, like I would highly encourage you, and I think Jake would agree with me, start getting educated, start finding out. I'm not saying go and invest your money without knowing, but read some white papers, like do some research, go online, look at some things, start understanding this stuff because this is the way that people are going to be investing in the future. Like we talk about all the time, this is the future of fortunes, right? And I'm going to back that up by saying, this is how that's going to happen. This is how you're going to grow your fortune. When you can start investing at this level, you're going to be on the front end of a lot of this stuff. And as this gets more and more popular, 
the prices are going to go up. There's going to be a good return on this because more and more people are going to get involved in it. And like that's what Jake was saying is this tokenization is going to simplify this significantly for people. It's going to open up the platform for people to invest more people, you know, and, and it's going to take away that whole uh, uneducated investor, sophisticated investor, you know, like all the way up the line uh, to an accredited investor. We're all going to basically be on the same platform. It's just going to be different levels of understanding. And I do think it's going to eliminate a lot of those restrictions on the investment market. So that was a lot. I didn't mean to take over the uh, the podcast there, but I had to kind of go off for a second. <laughs> yeah, love it, man. Um, I want to go back to one of the other things you said. So you, you said tokenize the the shares of a home. Um, and I thought about this this way for a long time. Uh, I thought that, you know, there'd be NFTs that would be issued against titles and then people would trade the fractional ownership of that that ownership of the actual thing. But I think it's probably going to be uh, a company or an SPV, a special purpose vehicle that owns whatever the underlying collateral is, that people trade the shares in that. Yeah. Um, and and that will be registered as a security in the eyes of the SEC. It may be an unregistered security if it's a private offering uh, through a Reg D fund, right? And that's what we run uh, through the mastermind that we work with, but um, completely in compliance. There's ways to get around that, but you do have to be accredited in most instances or at least sophisticated like Byron mentioned, but I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, there's some legislation that's passed. I think it's the house um, around a test that the SEC would put out for people to be able to qualify as an accredited investor just through taking that test instead of the income or net worth requirements that are currently stipulated here in the U S. Yep. So hopefully that will pass. But yeah, I, I think that um, and I, I, like it's not an, an either or uh, on this deal either. Um, I think a lot of misconception is it's either crypto or or it's stocks. I think you're going to see the implementation of the same type of technology that exists for blockchain and cryptocurrencies into traditional assets. And that's what I was discussing before about the different efficiencies that will exist after that implementation takes place. And, and there are large companies that have already positioned themselves just like BlackRock and, and that discussion there that that's going to happen over the next 12 to 24 months here, which I'm excited to see. I think it'll provide a lot more opportunities like you were discussing as well. No, I agree. And, and just to back up. So when Jake was talking about Reg D, um, you know, you guys may have heard about this, like 504, uh, 506, 506A, 506B, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of different names for this. But what he means is this is the process wherein you can offer these securities by bypassing uh, the SEC reporting requirements, which are massive, by the way. There's a lot in there. There's a lot of red tape. And so these have rolled out to allow people to invest without that. So there are restrictions depending on how you file against, uh, you know, the, the accredited, non-accredited, uh, you know, your sophisticated investor. There's certain things like they have to be provided the circular offering. So when we're talking about Reg, Reg B, we're, we're really what we're all we're, we're talking about 504. We're talking about 506. We're talking about all these things. But we're talking about the the raising of capital outside of the SEC, uh, you know, typical uh, raising of of security. Um, so just wanted to kind of outline that. But I, I agree with you 100 percent. Like we're, we're opening up the the marketplace when we do this. And the fact that the sophisticated, the accredited, the non-accredited investor, all these different things that we talk about. And so an accredited investor has to have a certain amount of income or a certain amount of wealth. Um, so to me, that doesn't dictate 
like accredited in the sense of, yes, I know what I'm talking about so I can make smart decisions, right? Just because you have a bunch of money doesn't necessarily mean that you're smart. Like you could have just got lucky. You could have hit the lottery. Doesn't mean that like you're an intelligent investor, which to me is, which should be synonymous with accredited. Like I'm intelligent. I know my stuff. I understand it. And so I love what you, you're talking about. And we've talked about this before and I love it. I really, I'm hundred percent behind it. I think you are too. There should be some kind of test, some kind of process where you have to show that you have an understanding of what you're doing, right? And so one of the rules, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go real out and left field on this one, but a minor cannot be involved in a contract. If a 17-year-old or under signs a contract, they cannot be held to that contract, but the adult that they sign that with is held on their side, right? So the reason I bring that up is a minor is assumed to not have the understanding of the contract, so they are not held to the contract. The adult, being 18 or above, is assumed to have an understanding of the contract, so they are held to the contract. And so that doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's the legal standard behind it. So essentially, when they say accredited, they're saying, hey, you're accredited, you've said you're accredited, so you, the assumption is you know what you're doing you know what you're getting yourself involved with. So if you do something wrong, you're held accountable for it. And I just don't think that that's a reality. I think that you should have an understanding, right? And to me, that's the test. It's the understanding of what's going on to be held accountable. Not just you got a bunch of money so you can afford to lose it. To me, that's a, man, that's a conservative versus liberal thing to me, right? Like, you know, all these yeah. people that aren't making a bunch of money that are like, oh, everybody that's rich should just distribute their money to everybody who's not like, I get it. I understand wanting that. You know, I probably did when I was a kid too. But as you get older, you're like, man, I made this. Like, I want to keep my money. Uh, so, and I think that that's legitimate. So, you know, like just having money shouldn't mean, okay, yeah, you know what you're doing. And so you can afford the losses. It should be like, you actually understand what you're doing or you've done what needs to be done to have an understanding, not necessarily just, hey, I got some money, so I should be fine to do it. Uh, and that's where the sophisticated, and Jake, you know way more about this than I do, and you, you've educated me on the sophisticated. That's where I like the sophisticated investor because it's kind of that in-between where it says, hey, you have an understanding, you've done your research, you're kind of in there. Uh, and so I love the sophisticated investors, that kind of middle ground. Uh, and again, you know way more about this. I'm going to let you explain it. But that that to me was kind of that like entry into this middle ground where we're stepping away from the, I got a bunch of money so I can invest a bunch of money and that you don't have a bunch of money. So you're restricted from what you can invest in. Yeah. So the U S is kind of behind on this. Most jurisdictions have a form of sophisticated investor. Um, I dealt with an individual the other day that meets those qualifications in the United Kingdom. They've got some time constraints around things or how much you've had to participate in private investments or there's there's a, a lot larger criteria that's like specifically designated as to how you can meet that sophisticated investor requirement in those jurisdictions. And then you're able to participate in um, private investments that, you know, non-accredited would not be able to. Here in the U.S., it's pretty arbitrary. The SEC is not given a specific definition to sophisticated investor. Uh, the way that we quantify that and the mastermind that we run and, and the reason we're allowed to use uh, or allow our, our members to participate in the private investments we do is that we provide that education for them, which we feel 
you know, meets that criteria. We, we provide the financial education, the business resources, and the education around private investments and the risk tolerance and the other things, sharp ratio, a bunch of the other terms that the average person probably doesn't know, uh, so that they then meet that criteria that we've deemed a standard inside of our mastermind. So if the SEC were to audit us or do whatever we needed to do, um, that we could we could prove that the people within our mastermind that are participating in these investments meet that criteria, right? So just like what you're talking about, if you're educated, you've done your due diligence on an investment, you really understand that it's going to do well and make money um, and why that is, it's not just, hey, my buddy told me about a meme coin and I want to throw some money in it. Um, then, then I think you qualify and, and maybe there's different criteria for different verticals or, or types of investment, right? So I, I don't know a whole lot about real estate. I know enough to get in trouble. I wouldn't consider myself, um, an expert in that field at all, but I feel as though, you know, I'm probably sophisticated enough to do the due diligence on a deal and make an informed decision around investing in a piece of property. Um, I've looked at enough deals and, and seen other people do enough deals that I feel competent. However, you know, there, what is that criteria? And, and will the SEC put out tests that are specific to each types of investment, right? Is it if you were getting into private equity, how do you need to be able to analyze a company and do your due diligence there? That's going to be very different than if you're analyzing a property or even different types of properties. And same thing for different types of companies, right? So It'll be interesting to see what they come out with and the requirements um, in order for you to, to meet that that qualification as an accredited investor through a test. Because um, I, I sure don't want the task of it, like I just talked about. There's, there's a lot of different caveats there that I would probably go down different rabbit holes on and even make sections of the test specific to things or different tests for different types of investments to qualify as an accredited investor in that area. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my general thoughts on it. And you're right. It's very different. So outside of the U.S., they have a much better handle on what a sophisticated investor is. In the U.S., like the the SEC doesn't really make uh, a big distinction between the two. In fact, I would argue the SEC treats sophisticated and accredited very, very similar. Uh, the, the big difference being is that the sophisticated investor is, is, is really knowledge-based or understanding-based. Uh, whereas the accredited is again back to what we said earlier that that monetary like you make enough money or you hold enough wealth, uh, but there's there's still the underlying assumption that you understand what you're investing in and, and you have an understanding of the risks that are involved, uh, you know. And and generally that's going to be a high level person or high level you know financial institution, right? Um, so that's not just the person that's done a whole bunch of googling, you know. I mean, you know. Honestly, like, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of college if that's what you're going for. If you're just going to like party and have a good time, maybe your degree is not really going to be worth much, right? But I, I feel like there's enough stuff online that if you want to be educated on a topic, you don't have to go to college for that. Like, there's so much stuff out there. I mean, even even some of the big players in the game, like Google has a massive library uh, of information that you go in and you can find out about, you know, a lot of these big corporations, they have these training modules that they have within their system. Most of them are free that you can learn these things because they're so desperate for people to have an understanding in their specific industry. And if they're willing to take the time to do that stuff at their expense of time, 
then they know that that's a benefit for them. So, you know, like you said, I don't want to be the one to dictate what that is. Like, okay, you know, for to be as sophisticated, you have to meet this, 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 and this. But I do think that there should be some kind of knowledge base. You know, as a CPA, I had to take a bunch of tests to be qualified as a CPA. Every year, I have to take a certain number of CPE, continuing education credit stuff, uh, to maintain my CPA license. So, you know, there's an assumption that I have at least a general understanding of what I'm talking about, right? And most of the time I do, but I have to go through this. I have to take tests. I have to continue to do this. And so we already have that system in place. So there's no reason that we can't institute a true sophisticated investor protocol, um, you know, and, and have that as an option because that's, and, and we talked about this, the uh, the reg, reg D or 504 or 506, they use that in sophisticated investor uh, criteria quite a bit. And so we know that that's coming. We know that's an aspect. We've seen it outside of the U.S. It's starting to trickle in. We tend to be a little bit behind on some things. Some things are a little bit ahead in the U.S., but this is definitely something we're behind. Um, like just for example, um, you know, there's there's a class action lawsuit against XRP. Jake and I are both big fans of XRP. So, you know, if, if you never listened to a podcast, you might not know that. If you ever listen to any of them, we're, we're, we're both fans. Uh, but there's a class action. That class action, I think, will go away as soon as the SEC rules because the whole basis is that it was a security. The lawsuit with SEC says it's not a security. But my big point uh, with that is outside of the U.S., XRP has already been deemed not a security, right? So we are one of the last ones, the U.S., to make a distinction one way or the other. And it's so far behind that there's now a lawsuit, like a long time standing. I mean, this thing's been going on for years to decide whether it is or whether it's not when pretty much the whole entire world has decided not a security, right? And so to be so far behind, but to be the nation that everybody looks to for like technology and everything else, like it's crazy to me that we're so far behind in some aspects, but we're on the forefront and others. Uh, and this is one of those, this sophisticated investor protocol, this, 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 you know, this rollout is definitely one of those. Like we need to get on the ball as at the U.S. I'm not talking about me and Jake or, or you know our listeners, but the U.S. needs to get on the ball. And like we need to make this distinction because as tokenization becomes more realistic, as it becomes more mainstream, this is going to roll out. And if we don't set that protocol now, we don't set kind of the bumpers in place now, what's going to happen is all this stuff's going to roll out and we're going to repeat the history that we saw with crypto. Everybody jumping in when Bitcoin became popular, people investing in crap that their, you know, their mailman or their cousin or their, you know, whoever told them, hey, man, this is going to blow up. It's going to be amazing. And then everybody's like, well, this is just a big crop. Like, this is just a big scam, blah, blah, blah. No, you didn't know what you were doing. You didn't research. You took somebody's word on something, threw your money in, and you got rug pulled. Like, it is what it is. It's the guy that's driving around hitting the gas stations selling you these supposed multiple thousand dollar speakers out of the back of his van because his boss told him just get rid of them. And you're the idiot who falls for it and gives them a hundred bucks for something that you can get for $10 on Amazon, right? Like there's always going to be scams out there. Get yourself educated. That's all I'm saying. Get educated, understand what you're investing in because ultimately you can fall back on the government and say, Hey, it's their fault. They didn't designate it. They didn't give me enough information. But the reality is you're responsible for your own actions. So educate yourself, invest in what you understand. If you don't understand it, Google it, right? We all have access. If you don't have internet in your home, which I know there's still people that don't, the library and 
almost every city. I would argue every city, but I don't want people beat me up if there's a city that doesn't. But I would say almost every city, yeah, has a computer in the library. Like, go to the library. You know, there's there's free internet almost anywhere, right? You know, so do your research, look it up. The information's out there. It's everywhere. Pay attention to what you're reading, but get educated on this stuff because, you know, the the investment opportunities are going to be huge. We're seeing an expansion of the market. Uh, Jake is, is working on some major projects himself that are going to open this up. Um, is that for his benefit? Yeah, 100%, right? Like, you know, making money is not illegal and it's not a bad thing, right? You know, this is for profit. But he's also opening up investments for a number of people that may not have access to that. So I'm not going to say he's doing it just for the profit. I'm not going to say that this is like a charitable thing, but it's probably somewhere in the middle where he's trying to open up these investments to people and he's trying to give people the opportunity. But in that process, it takes money to do this. And so, yes, he will make money on this, but it's to open up this platform. It's to open up investments for, for people that have not had that opportunity available. And he's also offering the knowledge. If you're not on social media, right, you may not have seen him, but I see Jake almost every day on social media providing value, providing educational uh, stuff for people to see and to understand. So look at that stuff, get on social media, start watching this stuff, research it, look into things, you know, and then get smart with your investments. Don't invest in crap your mailman tells you to invest in. Like, look at the stuff. Don't don't invest in what Jake Rod tell you to invest in, right? Like, yeah. look, do your that research, hundred percent. Yeah, you you want to make sure that you know what you're getting into. Um, I do want to wrap this one up just to make sure it's digestible for people. I think there's been a lot of good things stated on here, and I'm excited about the tokenization of all these different types of asset classes and the efficiencies that'll bring, and then also the liquidity and access, right? So, um, and I think to your point, you know they're going to bring in this guidance. Hopefully that'll, that'll pass where there are tests for this accreditation or sophisticated investor requirement. Um, because I think that this, this technology is going to open up markets in ways that haven't, haven't ever existed before. So appreciate you as always, Byron, if you haven't liked or subscribed, we would love to have you do that. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. So we'll get updates as new episodes become available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Until next time, friends.